All right, we are live. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, everyone. Glad you can join us. I'm Chris Stockhouse, and uh, with me is Pastor Steve Madsen. And hey, everybody. Welcome, you guys. Hi. How you doing? I think we're doing good. Yeah? yeah. Debbie, good to see you. Thanks for jumping on and joining us. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here tonight. So if you don't know Debbie, Debbie runs our care ministry um, out of the Livermore campus, um, but also helps oversee care throughout all five Livermore campuses. And Debbie is also on our board of directors as well, helping oversee uh, the entire church. So uh, we're glad that you're with us. Um, Steve, great job preaching this weekend, Psalm 91. Uh, how was the process for you? Well, it was good. You know, uh, you start with a lot of that theology and interest, things that are interesting theologically, and you end with comfort and this is who God is and, and coaching people to lean into that. Uh, it's easier for some people, harder for some people, but I don't know. I think, uh, I think we're in a good place. I also just really enjoyed this service. I thought mm -hmm. it was well-produced. I think our team is really learning how to uh, produce online church. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, so I guess I'll start with as people um, get rolling and start signing in here um, because we're live now. This is our second week being live on YouTube. And so we'll give people a couple minutes to, to flow in. As you um, come on in, feel free to uh, interact in the chat and ask us a question. Uh, we have some questions that we're going to get into around Psalm 91. Uh, but if you want to ask a question, something that's been on your mind and heart, we may or may not touch on it, but feel free to ask and uh, we'll see if we can get some of those in there as well. So um, uh, Debbie, tell us a little bit about um, shelter in place, um, how that process, how it's been for you and your family, what's been going on, and then how has this series in Psalms been speaking to you in this unique moment in time that we find ourselves in? Yeah, uh, you know, it's been up and down, right? Like we have some good days and then we have some not so good days and everyone in my family kind of processes it a little differently. Um, so we've got, we've got one extrovert in the family and the rest of us are introverts. So we kind of huddle in our own little corners. Um, but it's been an interesting process. Um, some anxiety wrapped around it, uh, some real restlessness. My husband, not a lot has changed for him because of mm -hmm. the situation. He works kind of the same. So uh, this last weekend, wow, uh, Psalm 91 really hit me. Um, there was a lot of comfort for me, but there was also some real pull in, in asking some questions that I hadn't really settled down enough through this process to kind of ask myself, like, what, what is God speaking to me about during this season? Yeah. So what, like, why, why Psalm 91? Why did that, why did this service strike you in particular? Like, did you, was there something unique that you needed to hear? Yeah, I did. Um, uh, I feel like God, you know, through this whole process, God has been speaking to me that I'm not alone in it. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of times where I feel alone, especially living with a bunch of introverts uh we can kind of segregate ourselves um but i feel like i that's the main theme for me god is saying i'm with you i'm pursuing you even when i'm not pursuing god like he's pursuing me 
Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some real takeaways. And then this last weekend, um, I really had to ask myself, like, am I present with him? Am I spending time with him? What is he trying to show me uh, on this journey? Mm-hmm. Steve, you've been, um, you have a lot of experience in pursuing the presence of the Lord, but your whole life. Um, you've grown up in around amazing people who have been really good at this. What's new in the shelter in place reality we find ourselves in and this, you know, even the end of Philippians, right? Where we're focusing what, are, what we focus our thoughts on and being present with God through the Easter service and into the new series in Psalms. Is there anything new you've been pulling out about being present with the Lord and him being right here and your shelter and all that, all that we've been studying? Yeah, for sure. Um, we can't move away from ourselves as quickly. Uh, we're not as busy and therefore who we really are sits with us. And some of that's not pretty. Some of it's like things we'd rather avoid. It's like tasks that you don't do because you're too busy. Uh, there's things about ourselves that we don't deal with because they're just, we don't want to, it's just kind of hard. And so even as I thought about the first two verses of uh, the sermon, if I was going to go back and re-preach it, there would be a, there would be another emphasis because I focused on God, you know, the shelter of the most high and the refuge and the fortress and El Shaddai and the almighty. But uh, the verbs in this first two verses, it basically is asking you, where are you going to live? You have to decide if you're going to dwell in the shelter of the most high or not, if that's going to be your address, or if you're going to not, mm-hmm. and you got to decide if you're going to rest in his shadow or if you're going to do something else, rest in the flickering light of the television or, uh, and where he says, I will say, I mean, he's Moses is, is, is just, talking to himself here i will say he is my refuge i don't have another refuge i don't have another fortress my god in whom i will trust mm-hmm. and i see a guy there writing in his journal in, and maybe even writing this at a time when he was having trouble seeing god as any of these things mm-hmm. and i think some of us are there where it's like that was a great psalm pastor but i don't know if i'm feeling it or not and mm-hmm. uh I think there comes a time when we have to decide what we're going to feel mm-hmm. and we have to mentally, we have to be very disciplined right now and say, well, is that how you're going to, is that what you're going to do? You're going to go through life saying, well, I'm not feeling it. Therefore, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't think any of us, well, the majority of us are not loving this season. So if we're going to depend on feelings here. So when I, I when I read in the Psalms, most of them are prayers, but then this one, and then in a couple of weeks, I'm doing the 23rd Psalm and it's uh it's also uh, not a prayer. We lost your video. I don't know if you could pop that back on, Steve. Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I, I'm getting yeah. a phone call, so I'm using my phone. Oh, that might be why. There you are. You're back. Could, yeah. you, still, could you hear audio during we that? We could hear the whole thing, yeah. Okay. And this guy will keep calling me, too, so this is going to be <laughs> Uh So I'll tell him later. But anyway, yeah, I think that was my point, that yeah. I've had to decide. Like, today was the day I had to decide, where are you going to live today? I was very restless today and can I can I get just more specific and personal with you guys because when when you read this and you and it's a it's a directive to dwell in the shelter of the most high and to rest in the shadow like how do you do that what does that specifically mean 
beyond, beyond the imagery, the beautiful imagery that I think we all have a lot of assumptions about that. But for you, like when you say, okay, I, I was dwelling in the shadow of the Lord, or I was recognizing him as my shelter. And, and that was real for me today. What, what does that typically look like for you? Um, I'm going to let Debbie answer longer than I do, because I think she's got a lot to say on this, but I would say two things. Number one is usually I, I talk to eight-year-old Steve and I tell him what's up and what he needs to do. So that's one thing. It's just to speak to yourself. And the other thing is when I'm dwelling or my, when I'm really intentionally being with God, I usually talk out loud because for some reason talking out loud makes him seem more real to me. Mm. Um, so those two things probably recognize his presence more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I have to be honest with you. Um, uh, I, that hit me this week. Like, where am I feeling the presence of God? And honestly, through this whole process, I have not felt the presence of God much. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm, I'm a helper by trade, right? My profession is helping. And so when shelter in place occurred, I was ready and I wanted to help and I wanted to do ministry and I wanted to be there for people. But I really struggled to sit in silence with God and just be with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the craziest thing because it didn't happen until I uh, decided to work on this project. My mom gave me this beaten up old desk. So I took it down to my garage and I started sanding it. And I, I began to feel the presence of God while I was refinishing this desk. Mm -hmm. um, I was working with my hands. I was in silence. And uh, all of a sudden it just came over me and I felt him. And I was like, wow. I have not felt this the entire time I've been in shelter in place. Mm -hmm. And um, it felt so good and it felt familiar, but it had been absent in my life for a while because I, I like to do. <laughs> um, and then I started being more intentional about walking the last couple of weeks and just silence, nothing in my ears, nothing that I'm listening to. And just soaking in God. And, you know, it was crazy because he had to come to me. I didn't come to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's pretty humbling when you just feel God pursuing you like that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like um, lately I've been able to feel that. And the anxiety that I've been battling lately, the pounding in my chest is starting to calm down a little bit. Hmm. And, and there's color in what I'm seeing, uh, which is kind of a crazy thing. But um, yeah, so solitude, quiet, and a lot of it mm -hmm. really helped me feel God. But I'll tell you, I really felt him pursuing me and not me pursuing him. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. That's really cool. For me, um, I, the, the first couple weeks of shelter in place were I felt a, I felt a little lost. I was, you know, just the things that define my day in terms of the normal routine and rhythm, those being stripped away, um, it really did mess with me. Um, it, and I think the, the, what you said, Steve, about it forces you to sit with yourself for, for better or for worse. And it, it's revealing of where you're at and who you are. And I think oftentimes our busy schedules 
hides that it masks that it, it it prevents us from having to deal with that or face that and i definitely had to go through face to face with why am i discontent why am i mopey why am i just like not i don't i'm not feeling that connected with the lord i'm not excited about the day ahead even though the three people i love most in the world are with me all day that, so it doesn't reconcile in my mind and so it has been a process for me where it just in the last week and a half, it's changed where I've gotten to the point of there's a part of this. I don't want to go away after we return to whatever is normal again. Like I, the, the intentional time I've had with my family has been a, a massive gift to me that it, I had to get over a hump in terms of talking with the Lord and experiencing it to get to a place that I hadn't been before with, just being at peace with the days as they are right now. And, um, and I'm really thankful for it. I, like I'm, I'm journaling a little bit and just journaling a bunch of things that I don't know if I kept going as I was, if I would have taken those steps forward in my relationship with Jesus. Like if I didn't have to face what I've been facing in this time. So, um, so from that standpoint, I know there's a lot of pain and it, it's a terrible situation, but I'm thankful for those blessings that have come along the way. So. Um, all right. Any, um, is there a, like Debbie, you shared about the Lord is he's, he pursued you. And that's one of the lessons. And one of your praises is that we have this God that pursues us. What other journey has God taken you on? Has he, is there something specific he's been showing you in addition to anything we've already talked about? Either one of you. Well, I don't know if this really pertains to what you're saying or answers the question, but I, one thing that I am seeing with people that I'm meeting with is that uh, they're struggling, right? They're like Steve said, uh, isolation causes you to think about things that you push down often, but it bubbles up when you're by yourself and you're alone. And I think that uh, they, they are confused about it. They're minimizing it. And one thing that I think it just seems evident to me is that this is a this is a very stealth, quiet um, experience for people, but it's deep and it mm -hmm. is it is a crisis and 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 it's real. So I, a lot of people that I meet with, they have these big feelings and the, these swings of anxiety and depression, um, but they minimize the fact that being alone. Being in crisis and shelter is not is not such a big thing, but it really is. It's it's um, yeah, it's the thing that we all fear, right? Mm -hmm. it's quiet, we're isolated, we're alone, um, and you know that's another thing that came into play with Psalm ninety one when I was listening this weekend. Is that I said it earlier, but we're not alone. Like mm -hmm. God, Christ is with us. He resides right right here in us. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, it's just an observation. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me change the topic a little bit. Um, I was listening to the news the other day and I, I heard uh, one of the guys being interviewed talk about um, the important role of science and how um, he, he said science is, he said science is our salvation. Science is what's going to get us through and save us through this epidemic. Um, and so it just struck me. And so I just started jotting down a few notes, but Steve, I just wanted to 
to kind of throw this your way, um, because I, I've heard that. I've also heard, you know, the people who are way more extreme, but they, but they would say, how can God be good when this is happening around the world? And so they, they, the people will rise up in a moment like this and question the goodness of God. Um, what is, what immediately strikes you as a response to, to people who maybe um, ha- have those questions rattling around? Like, why, why would this happen? Like, I don't, and Psalm 91 says, you know, the, the that the pestilence isn't going to, it's not going to harm us is what it ap- appears to say. So what, what's, what's happening now? Well, the mature Bible reader doesn't just take one Psalm and build their whole theology around that. So this is a Psalm talking about God's provision and God's protection. And it is there. Um, there was also a verse that we skipped that we just didn't use was verse eight. And it talks about God's um, view of his enemies or uh, Moses's enemies. Mm-hmm. And we didn't we didn't do that because it would have been pretty complex to unpack all this in one sermon. But um, you, you started one way and it went another. So let's come back to science and let's go to the second one. You said is why would God allow this if He's a good God? I I just always am amazed that nobody ever blames the devil for anything. Mm-hmm. Like why does God allow this? And it's like, well, wait a minute. Can we at least bring into the equation that? The author of sin and sickness and pain and suffering in the human race is not God. And uh, I guess it would, then that person would have to believe that there is an evil force in play. Um, The COVID virus, from a spiritual perspective, is the result of an evil force in play against the world. Uh, It is, it's debilitating, it's amazing uh, strategy because what he has done is he's isolated us from each other and we're also afraid of each other. And that's the opposite of what God wants. God wants community and he wants us to trust each other. And instead of reaching out to God, then the devil hides behind a, a rock and then everybody wants to throw rocks at God because he allows this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't agree with God that he allows this sort of thing, but I also it doesn't cause me to not believe that he exists. It just causes me to believe that the God that I would have created doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, well, how can God are they saying they don't believe in God or are they just mad at God? Cause that's two different discussions. Yeah. Um, so I think, and, and if we could go back to the science question, yeah, we definitely need science. Uh, science isn't the only thing we need, but man, oh man, I've been praying for uh, the researchers and, and universities that have shut down everything except trying to solve this problem, which that is the, that's the thing to do. And uh, yes, I definitely believe it. But I also believe that, uh, it was Christians like Bono and President Bush that finally attacked the AIDS issue in, uh, in Africa. Mm-hmm. And those are two Christian men. So it wouldn't have, non-Christian people need Christian people and science needs the church and we need to work together. And uh, so, yeah, and my scientists, friends and people I know, and also just doctors, I've been praying. I, we've got a doctor and a nurse from the Cornerstone congregation that are in New York city. And, um, uh, I pray for them all the time and talk to them all the time. We need them desperately, but we also need people praying and people fighting this on a spiritual uh, uh, plateau. And so that's what the church is to do is we don't shirk back in this moment. Uh, we reach out in care and compassion and love and uh, we do everything we can um, because we know that we're very much a part of God's equation for the world. Mm-hmm. And if you just have a world with just science, 
Um, that is a sterile Petri dish world that none of us want to live in. Uh, we need the Lord and we need spirituality and, and we need, you know, Christians, we believe that the only God is our God. So we need to be calling upon him for help. Yeah, we can question how he does things and why he does things. He's, he's big enough to take that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get kind of defensive for God. So I don't so know. Do I. He doesn't so do need I. me to advocate for him, but. No, no, he doesn't. But I, I do want to try to, when I can help people who are, who are struggling with certain questions and how does this work? And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I love science. I, I think science is amazing. I think yeah. science is um, us exploring God's creation and the material that he created. We get to look at the atoms and everything that's involved in it take it apart, try to put it back together and explore the, how incredible and brilliant the mind of God is. And right. he even gives us license to be creative with it. Right. And, and he puts power and authority in our hands to be able to create cures. And, and so I think, I think science and, um, and the mission of Christ are, are, I mean, they, they're not only they're reconcilable, but they're, they're, if viewed correctly, they're, part of the same part of the same cause well and don't forget that uh a high percentage of the world's hospitals a high percentage of the world's research facilities were started and funded originally by christians absolutely and that's a proven fact so if you hadn't had religion you wouldn't even have all the science mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah we need each other yeah and one of the beautiful things and debbie you, you could share as well about the psalms is it, it gives us permission to cry out and say, God, why, why is this happening? Like, how could you let this happen? How can you let these 70,000 people die? How aren't you in charge, right? Don't you have the ability to the snap of a finger, you know, get rid of anything you want to get rid of or, or create a cure anytime you want to create a cure. I mean, I think there is a freedom, especially when we study the, the Psalms that David wrote to, to ask that question and, and to, to cry out and understand that, um, you know what, God can handle that emotion. Yeah. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, Steve, I think you said it in last week's sermon that, you know, God didn't say we weren't going to have troubles, right? But he's going to guide us through those troubles. And the stories that we're going to hear from shelter in place of people um, giving their hearts to Christ, uh, getting redeemed, right? Um, mm -hmm. There's going to be some amazing stories um, out there because of it. Yeah. 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 I, I told, I, I've seen so many positive God story silver linings in the last few weeks. There's been um, two couples that we've hung out with, Shauna and I, from, a, from over six feet away. Um, but we've hung out and both, both couples we hung out with couldn't stop talking about how much of a blessing this has been on their marriage and it may have saved their marriage. And both of the wives in this situation mm -hmm. said, I have my husband back. Like mm -hmm. I, it's been years since I've felt like I've had my husband and the man mm -hmm. I fell in love with. And he's, he, he's here and he's present and we're doing projects together and we're having conversations we used to have a long time ago and I, I was expecting like I'd have to pastor them and help them through a terrible time. And they were, they, all they were talking about were the blessings of, of what 
they weren't attributing it to God, but, um, but something was going on where, where something big was happening through a situation like this. So, and I, I'm hopeful we're going to, we're going to hear a lot more stories like that. I mean, we've seen our engagement numbers as a church are really, really high mm. and we're not inflating them through online numbers of inflation, which no, is- you keep bugging me because you're so conservative and how many people you say, it looks to me like a lot more people are engaging than what we're even reporting. Yeah. But even what we're reporting is so high and, and, right. and we're hearing that Steve from churches all around who are yeah. seeing record levels of engagement. And so I think as much as there's the skeptics who would blame God or, you know, use it as a, as a moment to, to say, ah, the world doesn't need religion, which is, that's old. I mean, we've been through, like that's happened over and over again, mm-hmm. but the reality of what human behavior, what's happening with people going through this hard time is, I don't even think they're listening to that as much as they're um, turning to, to God, turning to the church, turning to something that can give them some, some hope um, today. Well, this is the God that he is, and he wants to communicate himself to us. Let me just read to you the last part of Psalm 91, where he says, I will rescue you. I will protect you. I will answer you. I will be with you. I will deliver you. I will honor you. I will satisfy you. I will show you my salvation. So we're all longing for that to be true about God. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we'll allow him to be that God to us and not demand that he answer all of our questions about how he operates or doesn't, you know, as if people not dying would be the solution to everything mm-hmm. in this world. But he is a very personal God. And I think that's what people are experiencing in their loneliness. You know, before this pandemic hit, uh, the Surgeon General had previously uh, said that we have an epidemic of loneliness in the world. And you know, the Pope has said this too. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, this, this could help us with this epidemic of loneliness because now some of us who aren't normally ever lonely are feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, wow, this really stinks, and then you go, well, wait, I think this is what my friend who lives alone always feels. I think this is what my mom always feels, mm-hmm. and I think that it, the, that could cause us to reach out and, and stay close and stay together and be, and I've, I've talked to lots of families who are doing the Zoom call every week with all their extended family, and they said, why didn't we do this before, mm-hmm. and uh they were letting distance keep them separate when they, we found out that um, technology can draw us closer. And especially if, if Christians uh, accessing the power of the Holy Spirit in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Sure. Debbie, we've seen our care groups um, continue to thrive through this moment and even with Zoom. Tell us a little bit about what's been happening in our care and support groups at church or in the church. Yeah, it was really exciting. You know, we had to move over to the online platform, not knowing what to expect. And we've actually had an uptick in our groups. Um, People are joining from all over the world, which is kind of crazy, but with some of our 12 steps. And uh, I was running Equipped to Care on the Brentwood campus through Zoom because we were only halfway through. And I found that in the Equipped to Care class that people open up through Zoom. And then I started hearing that in the other support groups that people are more inclined to open up uh, 
on a Zoom or an online platform. So it's been really cool. And it's something that we'll move forward in when we are out of shelter in place. Uh, so that's been a really, really cool thing. People are finding connection, they're finding healing and uh, uh, finding a lot of comfort from our support and recovery groups and our lay counseling as well. We moved all of our lay counselors to online platforms. So it's been mm -hmm. really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we got an announcement today that the Bay Area is going to be in sheltered in place through the end of May. So we have over a month now um, where we're going to stay sheltered in, in place, maybe longer. We'll see how things develop. What, um, as you look forward in through the month of May with, with everyone in the Bay Area sheltered in place, what, what would be your encouragement to people who are listening live or people who are going to be listening to this throughout the rest of this week uh, on YouTube? The first thing that comes to my mind is uh, for us to be addressing our fears and for us to be giving those fears over to God. Uh, some of us, I mean, some of us are really afraid that we're going to catch the virus, but a lot of us, that's not all that our fears aren't really around that as much as uh, maybe you've already lost your job or maybe that's going to happen or uh, you don't know what's going to happen with the economy. And you've got investments and you don't want to do with that or um, you, you might be afraid you're going to lose your house. I think that we've got to take our fears and put them out on the table in front of God and say, please help me with these fears uh, because they're real and they're about real things. And so that would be my first thought. And then on a more positive note, I think that we could all decide what's my mindset going to be today? Like, do I start today and go, I have to do this? Or do I start today saying I get to do um, I was out working on my yard and I don't know, last year at this time, I wasn't working on my yard on a weekday uh, during the middle of a work week. Uh, and I was out there just going, well, we might as well do this because, you know, I've done everything. And it was like, wait a minute, you enjoy this. Uh, you get to do this. And I think uh, it would it'd really be an interesting thought of, if we all just said, okay, May, since the governor said that, okay, I get to do this in May. Now, what is it I get to do that's actually a good thing? And then for us to dwell on that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Anything from you, Debbie? Yeah. And, um, you know, we're wired for connection. Um, so connect, connect with God, uh, spend some time with him, get filled up on a daily basis. So you can just go out and get through that day, whether it's a good day or whether it's a bad day. Um, but just focus in on the day-to-day -day and then connect with people. Um, pick up a phone, do a Zoom call, whatever, FaceTime, connect with people and continue to be in relationships. Um, because like I said, that's what we're wired for. God wants us to be in relationship. And, uh, it's a healing process when you can have a human connection with someone. Mm -hmm. Steve, we have a few more weeks in, uh, in Psalms. What do we have coming up that you're looking forward to in terms of what we're going to be studying? Well, uh, I started, um, Pastor Ingalls got his coming up and uh, his is all about leading me down the right paths and uh, taking me in the right direction. And so he was telling me about uh, some things he's working on for that service and even some creative elements. Uh, they're going to be filming outside. And cool. So, just the visual of 
okay, what path do I need to go down, God? Lead me down. Maybe during this time, there's a new path for me. And then the week after, we're doing the 23rd Psalm. And my goodness, I was reading it. I, was, I started working on it today, and I forgot. how. It's like the Lord's Prayer. It's like you grew up knowing it, and then you start unpacking it going, wow, like I'm a sheep. I'm, I'm a lamb. I'm, I'm this, and I'm that vulnerable. And then Jesus is this. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Uh, the whole series has been good, and I feel like that the worship team, too, uh, and our, our hosting team has really embraced the thought of the Psalms being these poetic prayers. Uh, and we're crying out from our homes in thousands of sanctuaries all over the world. Uh, one of our auditoriums, uh, our sanctuaries was in Indonesia uh, on, on Sunday. And we got a new member from Indonesia. Uh, if I could remember his name, he might be watching. I don't know. But, and before we sign off, too, if we could pray for everybody watching, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, Debbie or Steve, one of you want to lead us in that prayer? Sure. Debbie, you want to do that or you want me to? Yeah, sure. Pray. What did you say? Pray for what, Steve? Uh, let's just pray for everybody watching. Okay. <clears throat> Father God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your presence. Um, thank you for the Psalms, Father. I pray that we just can breathe them in and spend some time in them. And I pray for transformation for all of us, Father. Um, we're in uh, uncertain times where we just don't know how we're going to feel the next day, but we do know that if we cling to you, we can stay grounded. That if things change and we hold on to you, we don't have to be unchanged in a way that causes us to go in a negative direction, Father. So, Father, just uh, show us who you are. Um, be with us, pursue us like you pursued me in the last few weeks, Father. And um, I pray that everyone finds hope, healing, connection, and most of all, you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you both. I really appreciate you uh, joining me and all of us who are watching online, and then everyone who'll be uh, listening and watching throughout the rest of the next couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to keep going. Pastor Stephen Gold is up next week, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. So we love you all and uh, look forward to seeing everyone soon. Take care, everyone.